Hello and welcome to episode 38 of Real Life Ghost Stories. How you do? First off, we would like to thank our gorgeous new Patreon subscribers. We would like to thank Heidi O. Stephen Evans. Kyle King. Mandy Brighton. Michelle Schnepp. Holly Lisenbach. <laughs> Lisenbach. Well, I hate when we get to this point where we start Lysenbach. struggling with the surnames. Alicia Ricard. Kathleen Barrett. Alison. Samantha Avila. Liam Scott. Alexa Denson. And Nicole W. Guerrera. Thank you all so much for your pledges. We are eternally grateful for we your generosity. And astounded by the fact that you would give your hard-earned cash to us on a weekly basis. Yes, it's very weekly? kind of you. Monthly? Monthly. Monthly. Don't think anybody gives us weekly money. Nobody gives us weekly money. <laughs> Our review this week. Are you ready? Dun, 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 dun. Ladies and gentlemen, hold on to your hats because this one might be a bit controversial. Our review this week is Midsummer. Now, Midsummer was released in 2019. It has 7.7 out of 10 on IMDb and 82% on Rotten Tomatoes, so not too shabby. Would you like a synopsis? I would love a synopsis, please. With their relationship in trouble, a young American couple travelled to a Swedish midsummer festival where a seemingly pastoral paradise transforms into a sinister, dread-soaked nightmare as the locals reveal their terrifying agenda. What were your thoughts on this film? I think I was a little bit disappointed. Why? I think I was expecting him to do more with it and for it to be more scary and a little bit more sinister and not quite as predictable as it was. So what were the good bits about this film for you? The way it was shot, it was beautifully shot. The way it was edited, it was beautifully edited. The soundscape, as with Hereditary, was freaky. I liked the concept of it. I thought there were some elements of the story that I quite enjoyed. It just wasn't as good as I was expecting it to be. Maybe I over-anticipated how good it was going to be. We're not going to give any spoilers in this review because there's going to be so many of you who have who are really looking forward to it and really wanting to see it. But I fucking hated this film. I am so angry about this film. Like when we left the cinema, I was like, I'm writing to Ari Aster because he's ruined your birthday. <laughs> that's it. He has ruined your birthday. You might not think that, but I think that. Okay. Okay. And that's, and that's what's, what's important. important. Yeah, absolutely. I thought it was really self-indulgent. I actually thought it was really boring. It was too drawn out. Everything that happened could have been condensed into an hour and a half. I didn't think it was scary. I don't think it's really a horror film. And maybe there's elements of folk horror that I don't get. Maybe it's too arty. Maybe I don't get it. But I just didn't think it was a good film. I didn't think it was arty, really. I mean, it was be- it's beautifully shot. I thought the story was quite predictable. Like, everything happened that I was expecting to happen, really. Mm. I didn't feel like there was a point where I was like, oh my, is that what they're doing? No. Like, it's been pitched as what it is like you you know where it's going with it i sort of thought as well that there were a lot of elements of it that were done for shock value that didn't fit into the pagan midsummer theme well that's an interesting take so i mean i don't know anything about paganism yeah in terms of like that swedish midsummer festival i'm sure he did loads of research but to me it felt like there was lots of stuff in it that wasn't actually relevant to the idea of a pagan festival. So for example, the oracle with special needs. That was that that was never explored. It wasn't really explained. It seemed to be just there for shock value, despite it being a massive part of the trailer. Yeah. And that frustrates me about films like this. If you can take all the best bits out of a film and put them in a trailer and then not have anything else to work with in the actual film itself, that is really worrying. Yeah, I'm not I'm not as I'm not as hateful as you towards this. I think um, because I, I was just, so excited about it. I, I feel, really was excited. I described it yesterday as a bit like visually watching him having a wank in a mirror. 
I felt I, like I, that's what it, it was. <laughs> I felt like he's. I felt like this movie is him. Is the equivalent? Is the movie equivalent of him wanking to himself? Yeah, I think it's really self-indulgent. Mm. And he should have been reined in, and he it's wasn't. It's a little bit like the fifteen minutes of hereditary that nobody really liked. The end. On a the full, last fifteen minutes. On a full scale film. So what I did like about it, because I, I, otherwise I'll just be really negative and. You know what, if you... I think this film is going to be really polarising and I think there's going to be some people who go and see it who are going to be like, it was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. But I just didn't... I didn't get it. I didn't feel unsettled by it. I actually was really bored throughout throughout the whole film. But anyway, I really liked the portrayal of what it's like to take magic mushrooms. Now, I am not cool enough to have ever taken magic mushrooms. Doing drugs is not cool. Doing drugs isn't cool. So I've never taken magic mushrooms so I don't know what it would feel like but the visual representation of what they were feeling I thought was really cool to the point where you had to ask me whether some of the stuff you were seeing yeah, was actually yeah midway through I was like can you see that like is that just me but it wasn't just me luckily because I thought I was having a stroke briefly during the film <laughs> The other thing I really liked was that it was visually very, very appealing. It was beautiful to look at. The the heroine of the piece spent most of the film in tracky bottoms and a baggy t-shirt, which mm. I liked because it's not really common for horror films. And her boyfriend was an absolute dick. Yeah, I was going to say, you've got to give him credit for writing that part because he was... That part was brilliantly written. Detestable in every way. And not overtly no. horrible. It was the little things that he did that just made me want to dive into the screen and punch him full force in the face repeatedly there was one other bit in the film that i am going to talk about okay because i think we need oh to. yeah we do need to talk about this so during the film there is a sex scene i'm not going to tell you who it's between that's irrelevant but in this sex scene there are two people a man and a woman having sex and standing around this man and woman are a load of naked women of varying ages and body sizes which in itself is is uh, mental but irrelevant mental yeah but anyway that's that's happening Every time the girl moans or the man moans, the women that are all standing around naked watching start this like musical harmony with their moaning, which slayed me. I was like, why is nobody else laughing at this? And then... The icing on the cake. Please don't use that phrase. Please also don't use that phrase. It's a little bit sickening. This old (sighs) naked woman got behind the man while he was having sex and started pushing his bum to help him with the sex movement I don't really know what <laughs> and I was like why is nobody laughing this is so ridiculous I didn't oh it was just, oh god yeah I, I don't know so what would you give this film out of five three three hmm. sorry are you me yes <laughs> I didn't hate it enough to give it less than half and I didn't like it enough to give it any more than the three so fair enough it's just I feel like the studio just gave him too much free reign off the basis of what the success hereditary was and they should have actually reined him in a little bit. I'm going to give it two. That's more than I thought you were going to give it. Out of five. Because you, I can't take away the fact that it's beautiful mm. and I can't take away the fact that it's original. It's something new, again, in the horror genre, but it's not that good. So I'm going to go for two. I'm going to go for two and you're going to go for three. Yeah, fair. I think I've, I think part of the feeling is there's probably too high expectations going into it, I think. Yeah, mate, I think we probably did because I love Hereditary. I still think he's, he's got... I, th- I still think he's going to create a whole branch of... or open up a new branch of horror that's been done genre. in the past. Or a new subgenre, maybe. Yeah, well, I think it's there. It's been there originally, like as everybody last night was saying about the Wicker Man comparisons. Yeah, so I've never seen Wicker Man, so I can't make Wicker it's Man comparisons. Part, the remake. So, <laughs> the remake with Nicolas Cage. Apparently, that's awful. Yeah, it was up there. But yeah, so I don't really know. I mean, wasn't 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 for me. 
Hmm. But maybe I just didn't get it. Maybe I missed something. So hmm. please actually genuinely do let us know what you thought of this film. Yeah, let's start I'm... a dialogue about it because there's stuff I want to talk about, but which we can't because I don't want to spoil it because it's too new. Yeah, I'm curious about what other people think of it when they go to see it. So are you ready for some stories this week? I've... I'm never really ready for these because I, I just don't like them. And it's not that I don't like them. I just don't like how I feel after them. Oh, interesting. Because I don't know how much you're going to like this. Oh, thanks. Because guess what? Oh, is it dolls? No, no. Oh, okay. We're good. Freddy's back. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, but Freddy was all right, really. He's just a friendly white guy. <laughs> a friendly that white guy? That came out wrong. That came out wrong. Well, I don't know what that means. He's just a friendly little monster, isn't he? A, big friendly, monster. a friendly big monster. Yeah. Friendly He's big looking monster. after the little girl. Don't need... The girl, not the little girl. Don't girl. need friendly big monster in my life. Equally, don't need Freddy, but he's back. Because everybody was so interested in Freddy that they were like, we need updates on this story. And Susan was posting in the Facebook group and she said, actually, I have loads more stories about Freddy. And people were like, we need to know. So she wrote them down for us. Thanks, Susan. Are you ready? Hmm. In episode 35, it was made clear that I lived within a haunted house and was followed by a fairly nightmarish spindly creature that poked my dreams. I'd named Frederick in honour of Freddy from the films. Yet those are not the only stories I have to offer. Let us start with a tiny tale as a warm-up. This took place at night back in my late teens, close to my early twenties, when a friend and I decided to go for a late-night drive as what became the norm after obtaining my licence. On this night, we had ended up at an elementary school that resided on top of a hill. The hillside itself was the parking lot for the school. Along the street and dotting its way up through the parking lot to the building were soft yellow lit street lamps. Now the elementary school was fairly small and the playground was off to its left hand side, bleeding into the back of the school. Wanting to play, we parked in the spot on top of the hill closest to the playground and proceeded to enjoy the swings nearby while conversing. As we spoke though, my friend paused and looked around, staring at something in the distance. When I followed her gaze, I watched the streetlights near the entry of the school parking lot flick off and remain off. A few seconds later, the one in its path leading up to the parking lot also blinked off, and thus the chain reaction of lights turning off tracing all through the lot like a domino effect leading up to the last three lights before the one near us and the car. We of course flipped our shit, got back in the car as the final light switched off, plunging us into darkness. Yet as soon as I turned the key... All the lights turned on at once. Needless to say, we said fuck it and got out of there. Never did a visit to that elementary school again. Was it paranormal? I haven't a clue. But it was freaky for sure. So I'm going to pause there for a second. Because that's only one story of a couple that we have to get through from Susan. What are your What's your thinking behind that story? Power outage. For each individual, <laughs> for each individual light. <laughs> yeah. So it's a circuit breaker failure. Um, no, uh, I, I, you know, that stuff happens to me all the time. I can't really explain it, and it's a bit weird. How do you feel about it? Because I've actually witnessed this happen to you. I always thought you were exaggerating. <laughs> and then we were walking home one night, and all of the street lights going up through the high street of Canterbury and up to our house kept flicking off when Dan walked under them. And then as he was like, you know, a good ten feet away, they'd flick back on again. And I was like. Oh my god, why is this happening? So what is your what is your feeling about it when it happens to you? I don't know. Uh I've kind of just got used to it now where it's really boring. Um <laughs> boring. <laughs> but it's yeah, it was odd the first time it happened I was like, "Oh, that's that's weird." 
and then it happened again and I was like oh that's not a coincidence and then it happened another time and I was like okay this happens a lot and now it's just like something that happens to me how um, often do you think it happens like not every it? time not every time more frequent than it just being like dodgy lights and you saw it firsthand didn't you I, I watched <laughs> I, if, if I hadn't witnessed it I definitely would not believe you yeah like it resulted in me like running up to street lights before Dan to see if it was me it's not me <laughs> really wants it to be me but apparently like people have spoken about this to us on our Instagram page and apparently it's to do with or some people believe that it's to do with energy and how you're in and that like really strong people with really strong energy can make that happen without controlling it weird it's very weird. It always reminds me of that scene in Constantine when he's in the street and all the oh, lights. Oh, I know. The lights go off one by one. Yeah. yeah. I love that film. I know yeah. it's a terrible film, but I love it. No, I don't think it is a terrible film. I like it. We should review that. The comic's that. really good. Uh, it's creepy. It's really creepy. And I think it is paranormal when it goes off like that. We, when you can't be explained by the simple electricity. Like if it all, all went off at once. Oh, yeah. You'd say you there's power outage. Well, yeah, there's power outage or that And you'd probably still be frightened broken. because yeah. being plunged into darkness isn't nice for anybody. But I wouldn't be like, oh, it's definitely paranormal. Let's get out of here. Yeah. But it's just that one by one thing, isn't it? It's a bit weird. It kind of gives the impression that something is moving towards you, that something mm. like you is walking under those street lamps. Yeah, it can wasn't imagine, me. Though, just by the way, I just want to flag that out. I wasn't there. Can you imagine in a parallel universe if there was another person like walking home and you're causing the street lamps to go off in this universe? Then in a parallel universe, all the street lamps are going off one by one and people are like oh my god it's definitely haunted and it's actually just you walking yeah. from town in another universe that's weird that's how a weird, weird is thing. that yeah that is a weird thing to think about you yeah. ready for another story unsettling though isn't it it's unsettling it is unsettling well anything to do with putting you in darkness I think mm. is unsettling because darkness is, always feels so unsafe yeah in general yes are you ready for story number two yeah. well it's still from Susan yeah. but it's story number two now that that tiny tale has been shared let us get into a truly freaky experience This story begins with the history of vampires. Their history has been written throughout the ages of varying degrees and tales, yet they all have the same attributes. Live in the darkness, immortal, drink blood to sustain their unlife. There's always been the question that I've pondered. If the majority of cryptids have an evolutionary reason for existing, where did vampires manifest? From my knowledge over the many years of study, when God made Adam, He also made Lilith at the same time, from the dust and ash, to stand equal to Adam. Yet when she spoke out of turn, questioned both God and Adam, she was tossed from paradise to live in the wasteland. She survived out there. And when both Adam and Eve were banished from paradise and had two sons, Cain and Abel, Cain realised God favoured his brother, he murdered Abel and was thus punished to roam the desolate lands. It was here that he found Lilith, who taught him the ways to walk the path between godhood and mortality, thus birthing the first vampire. Again, this is a story, and who knows how accurate it is, if at all. Yet it still made me wonder just who or what was the first vampire. It became a study of mine as I was in my final year of school, a hobby to keep my mind from turning to mush over the professor's piling work on top of us. After school, though, and gleaning nothing of viable evidence, just more stories, I began to lose interest in the study. There is one person I shall mention. My dear friend who lives across the States from me. Absolute sweetheart, yet religious as all heck. Nothing wrong with it, yet her beliefs and fear had her worried my studying such a monster, especially after the past I have shared with her in regards to my house, Freddy and so on, would lead to my soul being damned. Why do I bring her up? 
because she's a part of this story. One late night, not long after school was finished, and my topic of study from hobby and curiosity losing its luster, my friend pulled me awake via a phone call. At first I did not understand her panicked tone over the phone as I pulled my groggy ass awake, yet as soon as I had calmed her down she spoke of a nightmare that she had had. She had dreamed of a tall man cloaked in shadow. No details seen other than his eyes that glowed an eerie red. He did nothing but simply speak. His desire to speak to me. Giving her my full name and then giving her his very own name before she had snapped awake and called me. This was just a dream and I thought nothing of it really until the following day when my conscious brain registered. How did she get my middle name? At that point in my life, I loathed my middle name and had told no one. That right there was the red flag. Something was wrong with that. Yet still I went on with my life and gave it little thought. A few days later, another friend of mine was preparing to move to New York. So we decided to hang out one last time before his flight the following day. Due to how I grew up, I'd learned to be sceptical, to question anything that could be paranormal. Why do I bring this up? Well... That night that my friend and I hung out, now bear with me as I lay out the surroundings. We ended up at a favourite small park. It is located at a dead end of a residential road where you park on the side of the road in the dirt. Walking down a rocky path about five feet wide, the length of a block, surrounded by trees and bushes, it opens up to a large grassy field surrounded by trees all around where there in the centre of the grass field is a dried out water drain bowl long since ceased being used for the surrounding neighbourhoods. As we walked down that rocky path, I pondered in my mind the man in shadow that my other friend had dreamed about a few nights prior. Recalling his name, I thought in my mind, Fine. You want to talk? I dare you to show up. A hard lesson I learned that night. Never challenge dark entities. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Sitting on the edge of the water collection bowl, my friend and I just chattered about random things. Where he would be living, what our plans in life were, and so on and so forth. Within maybe 30 minutes of sitting there yammering away, thousands of bats erupted from the trees, darkening the clear night sky. We stared in awe, but it's not paranormal. We write off quickly, seen as we're out on a summer night, in a forested area, and bats are very common. Soon they flitted away, and we kept talking. But then it all began to change. If you have ever been out on a hot, muggy day, you have felt how the air can be heavy, almost thick. That was how the air shifted, too soon after the bats had disappeared. The weather was not muggy, and it being nighttime held a touch of chill, yet was comfortable. This heaviness came on all of a sudden, and the hairs on the back of my neck stood on end as I felt something was off. Quickly, I rose to my feet and urged my friend to go back to the car that was down the rocky path that had been behind us. As he turned to leave, I turned myself with every intent to go back to the car, yet something stopped me, locked me up, and I stood staring at a large dark tunnel that was one of the many hiking trails that were scattered through the tree line of the park. There he stood. A tall man in a long coat. A frilled white shirt. His face an ashen white. Dark hair tied back, yet his eyes, while I felt them, I could not see them. Now most ghost sightings last half a second, ping, and gone before you can register what happened. This man was standing there solid and unmoving. 
I felt my stomach drop, my body losing all feeling, and I was beyond terrified. It was when the wind drifted through, his coat rustled in the breeze. I found my legs and ran the fuck away from him as he suddenly began to laugh. As I got back to the car, my friend asked me, who the hell was laughing? Hmm. Who was he? Was he really the man my other friend had dreamed about? Whatever the case, it terrified the fuck out of me and made me learn the lesson of never challenging something that is not human. One thing though, there is a reason I do not share his name, for if you speak it, he shows up in some way, be it someone crossing your path, a feeling, an icy claw down your spine, I cannot explain it, but you just need to know that it is scary. Now then, to move forward and discuss the spindly creature. There I say a lighter topic. This story is from last year when I was camping by a lake out in the woods. It was a good trip, four days in the woods and away from the mundane loud bustle of society. Yet the final night after I went to bed I had a vivid dream of standing there along the beachfront of the lake. And there, about 50 feet out in the water, a head rose up, followed with long thin limbs bearing two elongated claws. Pulling his upper body from the water, the slender creature looked at me and cocked his head to the side. Slowly he extended a long arm right for me, a single claw reaching forth and I awoke. Now, nothing really notable of that dream yet when I left my tent. There in the soft and not far off ground was an imprint of a two-clawed foot that looked nothing like a deer and it was over a foot long. What? And you guessed it. It was Freddy. Oh. So what are your thoughts? Um, yeah. Don't don't be challenging people. Don't be challenging bad people. It's interesting because through doing this, yeah. if I'd read this story, you know, six months ago, I would have been like, lol, that never happened. You are such a liar. However, there are such ridiculous parallels between stories from various different readers from all over the world and that really freaks me out do you remember the one we did last week of the girl who made a deal with the devil yeah and this creature showed up with red eyes and this girl had a dream about like a man with red eyes that she could see nothing else the really cynical side of me would say that that's not that could have just filtered into psyche from reading other things what do you mean so as in just from reading other things these people are dreaming about them yeah. Okay, no, I got... Sorry, yeah. I was really confused there for a second. I don't My know if I... Well, working. you didn't know quite rightly because I don't think I actually explained myself. I was just like, psyche. <laughs> like, I haven't read loads of stories about dreaming about men in, in like, shadow with red eyes. Ah, oh, but you have. You've already you've read them for the show. But all doing this podcast yeah. is what I mean. Prior to that, I haven't read loads of stories like that. But maybe, I guess, if you're really interested and you're, like, trolling Reddit, keeping up with the no-sleep forums, maybe then you'd read them more often. Yeah, and it's like quite common in artwork to have like black mist with red eyes. And yeah, I guess. I'm not trying to disprove it because I actually believe it all. But I'm just trying to play the cynical role if you're going down. <laughs> so I had to pause briefly to talk to you about Lilith. What is what was your thinking about Lilith? Uh, yeah, that's that all that stuff in the um, all that scripture that didn't make the scripture intro really fascinates me. Um, I just don't know enough about it, so it's it's interesting. Yeah, because the story of Lilith isn't in the Bible. No. But I met somebody a couple of months ago, I think, who was temping in our work, 
and she was writing a PhD about Lilith and the manifestation of Lilith in later literature. Mm. There's loads of old ladies called Lilith. Do you reckon their mums like knew what they were do- what she was doing when they named her? Probably not. I quite like the name Lilith actually. Yeah, I think it's a cute name. It's very Victorian, though. So, what do you think of Freddie then? I think I think Freddie's a dude. To be honest, like he's I don't really know freaky why looking. you fancy Freddie so much. Like, <laughs> well, because I just I feel like Freddie, you're like, oh, but he's a really good guy. I feel like he's this really creepy creature, but I I genuinely feel like he's just looking out for Susan. Like, I don't feel like it's a threatening thing. It's probably threatening if you get like if you get on the wrong side of Susan, I'd be worried about him. What that he'd come and get mm. you? Oh yeah, nobody nobody fuck with Susan. Mm. That's a really good point. But I think I feel like he's just looking out for us. I don't think she's got anything to fear from him. It was just the way she spoke about it in that first story, like in the other episode where she was talking about like feeling like welcome in the feeling calm yeah. in his presence. Yeah, she wasn't frightened of him. I think he's just like looking out for her. But yeah, if you cross season, then you've got something to worry about. Freddy's gonna get you. <laughs> That's creepy. That is from the film, though, isn't it? Yeah. Um, As always, like Susan, thank you because I'm fascinated by you and your life. And listening to these stories. So please keep sending them in if you have any more. You ready for story number two? Or person number two, Okay, rather? so this isn't another season story. This is really short. Okay. Really, really short. And it comes from Rebecca. Does it go like this? One night I had a dream there was a ghost and it killed me. No. But really good, really good story. Well done. Thanks. I'm impressed with that. Thanks. This story comes from Rebecca. And are you ready? Yes. No. Mm, okay. This is my mother's tale. My mother was the eldest of seven, so when she had to move back home with me and my brother at only 20, she arrived at a full house. People came and went at all times of the day. It was a wonder that there was enough room for mum to have a room, and for her kids to be in a separate room. My brother cried one night, as babies do, and my mother went to get him from his crib. As she stood by his crib, she realised someone was in the doorway behind her. As it was dark inside the room, with light from the hall coming in from behind the person in the doorway, she logically only saw a shadow. She called out, Oh, hi, Mike, as my uncle Mike was due home about that time. As she said Mike, she heard my uncle begin his ascent from the first floor. As Uncle Mike climbed the stairs, the shadow in the doorway dissipated. She said that all that was left was a glittery outline, which then faded. She picked up her baby, who slept next to her for the rest of the night. The end. Oof. It's that watching thing again, isn't it? It's the watchers. The watchers. Never heard of glittery watchers, though. No. That's that's new. I'm I'm kind of impressed with that. It's always... Your, your mind always goes to the first most logical thing, I think, in most instances, doesn't it? Like, oh, it must be... Oh, yeah. Like, if I turned around and there was a shadow in the doorway, I wouldn't immediately be like, oh, it's a ghost. I would be like, oh, it's Dan. Especially or if Bim. this... Or Bim. <laughs> Especially if the shadow is backlit. Because you're going to think, oh, I just... Yeah. It's just because the light's on in the hallway. So it's really weird. Yeah. I kind of... I don't like those stories more than other ones. Because I don't know, or she doesn't know how long that shadow was there watching her. And whether it watches the baby all the time. Whether it watches the baby all the mm. time. And the fact that you... And why it's watching the baby. The fact that you look at it and you and you think, oh, it's it's, you know, it's Mike, obviously... And then Mike comes up the stairs like, oh, I don't like that. That's disturbing. Yeah, but it is. I guess it's just a, it's just a shadow, isn't it? But you don't know that it's just a shadow. No, I mean not that it's not supernatural. But I mean it's not like. No, but be... I mean you said just a shadow, like a shadow can hurt you. But you, if you're going to assume that something's paranormal, you also can't then 
assume that it doesn't have You have to let me finish. Powers. I was okay, just going to say, sorry, like, it would have been freakier if it was, like... Oh, a person. Or if, yeah, like, if you could see if an actual person and you didn't know who it was, or if it spoke. Oh, God, if it spoke, <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be having that. Are you ready for our last story of today? Mm, okay. And this story comes from Gabriella. So thank you, Gabriella, for sending your story in. I just began listening to this podcast and it's been a real joy on my commute. I only left that in for ego reasons. Just FYI. You You guys have a loving and calming feel. and It's a great de-stressor. Side note, I'm American, but my girlfriend is from Dunfermline. I can never say that. Dunfermline. We've been going out for just over a year and listening to you two has really enhanced my UK vocabulary. So thank you. You are so welcome because we use a huge amount of colloquialisms that are very important and that people always get wrong. Yes. And they don't understand what we mean by things, but that's okay because you pick it up as you go along. So here's the story. My family is extremely female orientated. We have matriarchs, not patriarchs, because most of us are women and most of the women are badasses. My grandmother was one of the most influential people in my life. She died when I was 10, but she made that decade count. She was an ideal grandmother and had an ideal relationship with my mother. Since her death, multiple members of my family believe they've experienced her presence, but never like this. Segway into a quick health history of my mom. My mom suffers from a reoccurring brain cyst that is, thank God, benign. However, it presses on the right side of her brain, which causes seizures. None of her many doctors have found an efficient way to remove this tumour without literally going in over and over again every time it grows back. So basically, my mom undergoes full open brain surgery every couple of years. Yeah, it's a real bitch. Anywho, this is actually quite a lighthearted tale, so sorry for the dark bits. My mom was in the recovery room after her fourth surgery. My grandmother had died two years previously, so this is the first surgery that she wasn't actually there for. The recovery room has very strict rules, one of which being that you can only have one family member visit you while in that section of the hospital and only for 30 minutes. My mother remembers being woken up by the nurse after the surgery. As usual, it was bright and loud. And as usual, she was very tired and very high. Considering this was not her first rodeo, she was very familiar with hallucinating while on these drugs, along with all the other strange sensations that come with undergoing major surgery. So she didn't think much of my grandmother walking to the bedside, pulling up a chair and sitting down next to her. Missing my grandmother, and of course being more than stressed given the circumstances, my mum played along and carried on a full conversation with her. Mum recants that everything was just as she remembered, as if my grandmother had never left. My grandmother asked her how she felt, told her that things seemed to go well, but that they would hear from her surgeon soon. She talked about the hospital waiting room, told my mum my brother and I were just fine and waiting with my dad, and even complained about the cafeteria food. They spoke for about 30 minutes or so. My mum said she felt my grandmother touch her multiple times, just rubbing her arm and holding her hand as usual. All in all, it was a really lovely hallucination. After a bit, she told my mum she was going to get going and that she loved her. She kissed her head and left. My mum said goodbye and drifted off to sleep. A while later, a nurse came in to check on my mum. She asked if she needed anything. Mum asked if the nurse could please call my father and ask him to come into the recovery room. The nurse said, Oh, I'm sorry, honey, but the rule is that only one family member back here. You'll have to see your husband once you're in your assigned room. My mum asked what she meant. And the nurse explained that my grandmother had just left. But my mother is dead. 
Mum said. And the nurse replied, Oh honey, you're on a lot of medication. Your mother's just fine. She was here not 30 minutes ago. My mother continued to say that it wasn't possible and the nurse just kept insisting, saying my mum was confused because of her drugs. Finally, my mum asked the nurse to please check the visitor log, call my father and ask him to come and he would explain. For some reason, the nurse decided to go ahead and do as my mum asked. She met my dad just outside the room and told him that mum was doing well, but he couldn't go inside because her mother had just been in there. Dad just said, well, that's not possible. My mother-in-law died nearly two years ago. The nurse was weirded out. She said, but how can that be? I, I saw her. She said she was Mary's mother and she was here to visit. Dad asked what she looked like. The nurse proceeded to describe my grandmother perfectly, down to the colour of her glasses, her body type, her hairstyle and colour. The log was checked and sure enough no one had signed in so they let my dad through. My family is not particularly into the paranormal, but we're Catholics and very spiritual people. Whatever happened here only brings us comfort. It's a lovely story. I know, isn't that just gorgeous? It's amazing. I feel like I could cry. Yeah, it's really like, nice. I genuinely feel like and, I could and cry. But, uh, what, like, there's lots of stories about being visited by relatives when you're in that kind of situation. And obviously her mum had the wherewithal, even though under the drugs, to realise that she was hallucinating or that it was, that's what she thought. Or she thought it was hallucination. Yeah, but it was the shared experience. So the nurse was there as well, probably weirded her out more than the family because it's just a nice thing for the family, isn't it? It's just a lovely thing to think about. It's really. really nice to think that maybe it is possible that the people that you've lost mm. do look out for you mm. and they do come back and try and make sure that you're okay yeah. in those times of need. Yeah, absolutely. good God, open brain surgery, like... And it's a very um, basic instinct within humans, isn't it, to when they're not feeling well, things aren't going to want their mum. Yeah, it is. It's that maternal, like... I mean, look, if you have a good relationship with yeah, your mum, you Yeah, 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 absolutely. And it sounds like that family was based on strong women, so yeah. the strong women would have had a strong bond with mm. each other. And I just think it's so nice. Imagine that nurse. Yeah. She I mean, must have been like, not, fuck this. Probably not, probably not so good for the nurse. <laughs> that Actually. must have been... But I do wonder if... If you're a nurse and you're listening, like I've heard so many stories about things like that happening in hospitals all mm. the time, and especially in nursing homes. Yeah, when people come to collect or collect their loved ones when they're dying and yeah. stuff. Mm. How mad is that? So if you're a nurse and you're listening, please let us know. Let us know if this is true or not. It's a great story. I know. Thank you so much for three. It's or a good one to end on as well because it's not leaving me freaked out. For three amazing stories this week, loved it. Mm. Good, good, good. No Freddy's. No Freddy's fun. I like Freddy. Are you ready for some reviews? Yeah. Review number one comes from Mama Will 18 and it's entitled Love It. This is my new favourite podcast. Their accents are lovely and their banter is so enjoyable and thoughtful. They've made me want to watch horror movies again. Hey. <laughs> Don't bother watching Midsummer though because I knew that you were going to say him. that. <laughs> number two comes from Laura Lou A88 who entitled her review Slightly Obsessed. So I found this podcast last week and I've listened to it every day on my way to and from work and couldn't wait to get back into it on my way to work again this Monday. I've chewed my husband's ear off about this podcast and the hosts all weekend and even felt compelled to send in my own story to them. I've loved every episode so far and can't wait for the upcoming episodes. A good old healthy mix of laughs and scares. I think we read Laura's story a few weeks ago. Oh, really? I think so. I remember a story from Laura. And finally... This review is entitled to love this podcast and it comes from 
Lalosco, Lalas, Cho. I don't know. I, there you are. I tried. I tried really hard. Lolasaurus. La, no. Mm-hmm. I'm so invested in this podcast. I had an eight hour road trip with a friend and we came across real life ghost stories and must have listened for at least five hours straight. Since then, I've been constantly listening and trying to catch up on all the episodes, but I'm definitely keen to see what the future holds for the two of you. It's also nice as, as an English girl living in Australia, being able to listen to a bit of home. Keep up the episodes and we love these paranormal stories. Oh, you guys. I'm all emotional today. Yeah, you are. Yeah, somebody messaged early. Uh, somebody messaged the Facebook group yesterday and said, "Please, can you do a list of all the films and the scores that you've given them out of five? And I was like, "Absolutely." I'm pretty sure I have a list somewhere. I'll dig it out. And then somebody else commented, "Going right, give give Dan a chance because he's probably going to be really hungover today because it's his birthday weekend." <laughs> and actually, no, it's me that's really yeah. hungover. <laughs> me who always says she doesn't drink. <laughs> and when I'm hungover, I get really emotional. I cry at everything. So now I feel like crying. Don't cry on it. Let's finish it first, then you can cry. Yeah, no, I'll cry afterwards. Okay. But I do feel like crying because I'm very thankful for all of our listeners. Yeah, absolutely. And how lovely you all are. Yes. Not only to us, but also to each other. And thank you for all the birthday wishes. Yeah, there was millions of them. And for liking that photo of me looking extremely tired. Oh, I thought it was a really nice photo <laughs> of you. I liked it. Um. So, yes, if you want to get in contact with us, you can do so on Instagram at Real Life Ghost Stories Podcast. You can do so on Twitter at Real Ghost Pod. But the problem with the Twitter is that I very rarely use Twitter. So it's better to message me on Instagram if you want to talk to me. Yeah, Instagram seems to be the main thing for the pod social media. Or the Facebook group, obviously, or the which Facebook is group, popping which is all alive. the time. So what is your Instagram handle? Uh, 50p Movie Club. And we also have, as we said, a Facebook group. So if you like our Facebook page, which is Real Life Ghost Stories Podcast, and join our secret Facebook group, which is RLGS Supergroup, answer the question, I'm Emma, he's Dan, that's all you need to know. And you can join in with our gorgeous community who share memes, stories, videos, film recommendations, all sorts of great things on a daily basis. And finally, we also have a Patreon. We do. If you want extra content for $5 a month, you can get an extra episode of Tiny Tales a week, which is more paranormal content for you. You can also get, if you sign up to the $2 a month tier, $2. you can get our back catalogue of 50p Movie Club episodes, which is a series that Dan and Will do. Dan, what's it about? Um, I There's a shop in the UK called CEX, which is, I guess, a little bit like GameStop, where they sell secondhand stuff. And you get a 50p... There's a 50p aisle where there's loads of movies, and I go through picking random 50p movies, hoping that they're going to be so bad that they're good. And me and Will uh, talk about it for a bit, watch it, and then we review it. Yes, and it's very good. I enjoy it. It makes me laugh every time I listen to it. So that's always a good thing. And yeah, if you want to sign up to our Patreon, you need to go to patreon.com forward slash real life ghost stories. And on that note. Till next time. We shall see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.